we're back. And I'm extra crisp on my new microphone. <laughs> ASMR. Excited. Do I get to edit this one? I get to edit this one. Crisp. <laughs> Hello, editing Kelly. I'm going to start moonlighting as like an ASMR something. Oh, gosh. Excellent. Something an ASMR something that, you know, ASMR influencer. Is it, I don't know. Does that exist? I don't know. Uh, anyway, welcome back to Oddities, everybody. I'm Cassie. And I'm Kelly. And welcome back to Strange Town. And as, bum, per, bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. as per usual, all of our shit is in the description. I'm not going to tell you what the shit is, but you know that all of it's there. Plus our it email. Is. Also, shout out awesome. to Lindsay Bidwell for designing our yes. merch. She's wonderful and talented. Yes, but I do want to say this. If you're not subscribed to our Patreon, yes. you want to be, because there's a lot of fun things happening over there. There's a lot of fun things happening. The chaos. Oh, by the way, I have to find yet another free video editor this is the third one i'm going through because adobe premiere i thought it was going to be fine and that is the hardest shit to use <laughs> so oh no i'm sorry <laughs> it's fine it's gonna be all right we're, we're gonna be okay but anyway head over there i made a, a really cool <laughs> intro song <laughs> for our bonus episodes i love this oh god how, how uh, are you I I'm here. I'm here. I'm good. How are you? I'm here. <laughs> this January has just been an annoying fucking month. But I will say this, snaps to all of us. We made it through retrograde, so Oh god, it oh it picks up really well on this mic. <laughs> snaps. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> this is so great. Cassie has a new mic, you guys. And it's pretty and it has a blue light. I know, and then oh, when I, I tap it, too. <laughs> if I tap it, it'll turn red and it'll mute me. <gasps> Fancy. Looks, I like it because it looks demonic. <laughs> <laughs> so, <that's... laughs> so I just just a small background on this new mic. Corey bought me my other mic and I love it and it's wonderful. However, as I alluded to on last episode or another episode recently i feel like it was several episodes recently it's been talked okay. about at least a few times right i'm doing a podcast work by the way we have a name now it's absolute <gasps> genius but genius spelled g-e-n-e dash i-u-s guess who came up with that you 100 right. i love a good pun thank you i love a good pun and the, the company the production company we're working with for it sent me some cool freaking um like shit like i got a nice like noise canceling headphones i've got this nice um microphone and i have a ring light now so i was like well if you think i'm for sure not also using this for my personal podcast like you're wrong right so we both have ring lights now i know this one check this shit out real quick this shit's so bright i look like i'm on the fucking surface of the sun i'm on the lowest setting right now which is like you know normal but wait I mean, look how I, I could get like a sunburn from this. This is oh, so, it's gosh. so bright. Wow. I know. And then it's. Look how flawless your skin is. <laughs> Thank Nobody you. I look like that, a, but I can. I, I have a lot of skincare. I look like a glazed donut. I have a lot of skincare on. 
like, you know what? I heard something recently. If you don't look like a glazed donut, then you're doing it wrong. That's right. Eventually, all this shit will just sink in. And by the end of the day, I won't be a glazed donut at all. But for now. And then we start over again. And then we do it all over again before bed. Slug me up, baby. (laughs) Well, all the usual here on Oddities. And there's, there's nothing more odd than this conversation. So until next time, stay strange. But yeah, anyway, join us on your Patreon. Uh, not your pa- our Patreon. Our oh Patreon. God. Sign up. You can do it for as low as a dollar a month. You get a bonus episode twice a month. Sometimes probably three times a month, depending on which month it is. Yeah. And how, and how the weeks know. fall. <laughs> you never know with timing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, should we, do you want to just like start this fucking party? This is the shortest introduction we've had party. in roughly a century. Well, they're going to have fun listening to me try to say a bunch of different names. <laughs> Kelly's going to be extremely French for us this week. <laughs> it's going to be très bien. And, and no, that's it. That's the extent. That's all I know. I don't know any other French. Where's the, where's the bathroom? I mean, that's the important thing to know. And the opposite of bonjour. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just going to jump in, I guess. Um, have you ever heard of the opera singing sword wielding bisexual icon from 400 years ago? What the fuck? No, but I love that combination of things. That's great. <laughs> Julie Dabini, and I don't know if I am saying that right, but that was Google Translate, friends. So here she we likes go. to wear Dabini. <laughs> That's what I kind of think. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Born in 1673, Julie was from a high society French family. Her father father worked for King Louis XIV. Her father did not raise her as a typical young woman, but rather decided that she needed an education of a male. So, like, snaps for him. (laughs) Um, She... Her father was an excellent swordsman who trained the court pages at Versailles. Naturally, Julie was also extremely talented in fencing, so her father wasted no time in having her train with the other men. God bless this father. You have a talent, you're going to do it. Well, the coolness ended there, because as a typical father, he married her off to another high society French family. Oh Jesus um, Christ! Okay, well we can't we can't have our cake and eat it too. Apparently, so apparently, despite uh, her wifely duties, she kept training. She wasn't going to stop. She had a passion for it, and That's that was right. going to end. Um, and her marriage didn't last long because she fell in love with her fencing instructor. Sarlon, oh, oh, um, spicy! And ran away with him. And after many years of scraping together a living by performing fencing demonstrations at fairs and taverns. And singing at taverns, uh, Julie's lover was arrested. Oh, fuck. Why? Because <laughs> he killed somebody. Jesus Christ. Wow. This bitch is having a hell of a life so far. What oh, the fuck? You don't even know. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Hold on to your hat. <laughs> okay. I'm so excited. Um, he killed somebody in a duel. So, therefore, he was arrested. All right. Well, first of all... Um, Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Okay. There you go. That's all. That's all? That's all. Carry on. Okay. Um, after that, after just, you know, he got arrested, Julie began uh, 
just began on her own, began started okay. doing life on her own, and she joined an opera singing house, like you and do. became an opera singer. Sure, right? Like, good for her. I love a woman with many talents. Yeah, um, she was living her best life, and then she met a girl. Oh my god! And she falls in love with her. This girl had mutual feelings. What this girl's name is, I don't know. I couldn't find it anywhere in my research. But oh, this a girl mystery exists. woman. Yes. Ooh, okay. Um, but anywho, her family, this girl's family, found out, and they were like, "Absolutely not!" And told oh. her, "You're gonna become a nun." Oh. <laughs> Send her away to become a nun. Like, what would you oh, do? My. Your lover, the love of your life, or the woman you have strong feelings for becomes a nun. What are you going to do? Steal her and run away with her. <laughs> was I on Was I on track? Or did she also become well, a nun so they could go to the convent together? Julie became a nun and <laughs> forged an amazing and diabolical plan. Yes, this is very illicit. <laughs> She became a nun. She went to the the convent and she convinced her that she was the love of her life and that she needed to run away with her. And she agreed. Um, This is where it gets really how wild she. Wait, this is where it gets wild. (laughs) Okay. All right. She. A nun, another nun had just recently died. So they took her body put her in the lover's bed and then set the place on fire so that they would all believe that this girl died in the fire so they wouldn't come to find her holy shit i mean that's smart but like maybe a little much diabolical i mean maybe yeah like what the fuck all right well we love a like a sense for the dramatic flair but like wow okay carry carry on um, and yeah, they did this to convince everyone so that nobody would follow them, essentially. I mean, it, it's it's smart. Yeah. Um, they escaped, but eventually they'd been caught and Julie was arrested for arson, kidnapping, Fuck. Fuck. and body snatching. Fuck. Oh, gosh. Julie was sentenced to death by fire, but was ultimately pardoned by the king of France. Oh. Um, but believe it or not, this was not the first time she was pardoned by the king. <laughs> I love this woman. Okay. So believe it or not, Julie was actually pardoned uh, as well because she killed or at least injured 10 men in dueling. <laughs> <laughs> and the anti-dueling laws in France were becoming much more strict at the time, but she managed to win a royal pardon because those laws were directed at men only and not women. Oh my God. The only time things have been in our favor. <laughs> like right. ever. She found a loophole. I um, love a loophole. So after being pardoned, you know, she had many more runs and run-ins with the law, but all were very minor. Something about screaming at a, at a, landlord a few times here and there (laughs) whatever um she continued her opera singing sword wielding life she had many lovers both male and female but ultimately she ended her days heartbroken for madame la marquette de france 
the most beautiful woman in France. That's what it translates to. Mm. Um, who died of a fever in 1705 when Julie was 31. Julie died in a convent in 1707 at the age of 33. Oh. One thing that I find interesting, and this wasn't in any other articles that I was you know, reading and researching, but this one ends specifically with, however, there's so much mystery surrounding the incredible life that we can't know for sure which parts are of the story are true. Even Dabini's birth date and place of birth are subject to speculation as well as her real name. Her professional name was Mademoiselle Mopin, cheered uh, by crowds as La Pin. Uh, acquaintances addressed her as Emily in their letters, uh, while Thavard, I don't know who that is, called her Julia. She has also been known as Madame, Madame de Mupin and Madeline. Okay. Though she's best known as Julie de Dabini. It's not uncommon for like ye old shit like this for people yeah. to have, like, it's, it, discrepancies like that, it's not uncommon. I adore this woman's life. I knew I, you were gonna. I was, oh, I was writing yesterday. I was like, Cassie is gonna fucking flip. <laughs> this bitch is wild. I, I want to be a sword wielding, opera singing, nun impersonating. <laughs> uh, I know. And then she just like sets shit on fire and kills a few dudes and duels. And then she's like, oh, this doesn't apply to me. I am a woman. <laughs> and then she just like carries on with her shit. But then I feel bad that she died at 30. How did she die? Do you Did you find that or did it not say? It doesn't say. It does not say how she died at 33. I mean, it's also not surprising that she died at 33. But like, also, like, past, yeah, like, let's look at 40. The, it's <laughs> but, the 1700s. Let's right, be honest. Right. But wow, what a fucking ride she had. Holy shit. She was like, I got 33 years to live. Fucking watch me blow this shit up. What the right. hell? And this is shout out to um, my sister's friend, Alexandra. Oh my God, thanks. brought it to my sister's attention and my sister then brought it to my attention and of course oh, I was like hell yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like bet your ass I'll talk about this shit wow that yeah. was great I love that she's my new like idol yeah right up there with uh, St. Olga right <laughs> big time wow I have a wow well next time somebody like in anything asks me like who <laughs> <laughs> Who do you admire the most? I'd be like, well, I have a couple Sit fucking down. stories for you. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow, I don't know what the coolest part of that is. Also, though, I got to be honest, I don't know that I would have jo- joined a convent, like, for, I mean, I'm not into chicks, but, like, I, little... I wouldn't... It was a little foggy on the subject of, like, did she just impersonate, or did she actually, like, go through the steps of becoming a nun? Oh my god! If she just impersonated, but then she died be... in a convent. So right. So like, she, was she like either that or she was just like crazy dedicated to her impersonation of a Apparently, nun. I just love that she just kept reinventing herself. You're yeah. gonna marry me off? Well, I'm still gonna be. I'm gonna be better at sword fighting than you, father. <laughs> Take that, Dick. I mean, the dad was like really cool on the front end of that. I mean, and I, I like. I mean, the dad is like a product of his time and stuff. I mean, like that was the thing to do. And at least he was still breaking down barriers. Like, yeah, bitch, I'm going to educate the fuck out of you. And I'm going to teach you how to sword fight. So he's still cool in my book. And it is important to say that she was his only child. So there you go. I mean, this man had his reasons. It doesn't mean it's cool, but it means like, 
You know, it was the, yeah. it was the times. And he was, he was still a pretty badass for doing what he did. Um, wow. I, I mean, my topic's cool, but like, it's not good. It's like 0% competing with that. I gotta be honest. Like oh, this stop. is, it's also not even remotely related to it. Um, I'm, that's I'm how venturing, we do. <laughs> I'm, that's right. I'm venturing into the world of the spookala bookala as per usual. I'm talking about the Smurl Poltergeist, a.k.a. the Smurl Haunting, whichever you prefer. See, the two I'm are like one and the same. See, I'm looking at our topics list right now, and you said it, but my brain, I have dyslexia. <laughs> All I saw was the Smurf Poltergeist. <laughs> I'm talking about the Smurf Poltergeist. It's a bunch of little blue dudes running around and fucking shit up. <laughs> I would love that. As they do. <laughs> <laughs> so what you just read is <laughs> infinitely cooler than what I'm about to talk about. So... The Smurl Haunting, Poltergeist, what have you, refers to claims made by Jack and Janet Smurl of West Pittston, Pennsylvania, who alleged that there was a demon inhabiting their home between 1974 and 1989. And FYI, I looked up where West Pittston is, and it's only two hours from where I am, so... Oh, I was going to ask, how close is that to you? Mama uh... loves a road trip. (laughs) Let's do it! (laughs) So, the Smurls claims gained, like, wide press attention, and they were investigated by demonologists who encouraged the family's supernatural beliefs. It was also investigated by clergy, psychologists, and scientific skeptics who offered more parsimonious, a.k.a. Ogham's razor-like explanations for this shit. Let's talk about it. Let's do this. So the house involved is a duplex. It's just like this, you know, little duplex. It was built in 1896. It's on a quiet street in a relatively middle-class neighborhood. After Hurricane Agnes flooded much of northeastern Pennsylvania in 1972, the Smurl family was forced to leave their home in Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. And Jack's parents, John and Mary Smurl, bought this house in West Pittston in 1973 for $18,000. That's the scariest part of this whole thing is what houses are going for now compared to 1970. That's depressing. What the fuck? Jesus Christ. Anyway, they lived in the right half of the duplex, and Jack and Janet and their first two daughters, Dawn and Heather, moved in the left half. And the Smurls spent a lot of time and money, like, redecorating, remodeling, you know, making it, you know, it was, like, very DIY. They're like, let's make this house a home, you know? Whatever. Anyway, the Smurls say they're a close, loving family. Both Jack and Janet grew up in the area. They met in 1967 and married in 68. Relatively quick turnaround, but that's fine. Love has no timeline. Jack served in the Navy. He became a neuropsychiatric technician. Okay. Like you do. Uh, Both Smurls were raised in Catholic homes and had strong religious beliefs, and they enjoyed living with Jack's parents and had no trouble sharing the duplex with them. And the first 18 months in their home on Chase Street, they were like happy months, you know, it was all like good in the hood. But then strange things began to occur. Wanna know? As they do. So, in January 1974, there was a strange stain that appeared on a new carpet. Mm. <laughs> then, Jack's television set burst into flames. Oh. Then, water pipes leaked even after repeated resoldering. So, what the fuck? Then they had a new sink in and bathtub in the remodeled bathroom, and they were found severely scratched, like a wild animal had clawed at them. And then freshly painted woodwork in the bathroom also showed, like, similar scratches. In 1975, their oldest daughter, Dawn, repeatedly saw people, quote, floating around her bedroom. So, by 1977... 
Sure, sure. Sleep, big, big sleep paralysis energy. By 1977, the Smurls realized that their house was in some way spookala bookala. <laughs> yeah, don't say. <laughs> For me, it's the television bursting into flames. What the fuck? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the toilets would flush without anybody using them. So first of all, this poltergeist is a dick because the water bill was probably going up through the fucking roof. Between the pipes leaking and this fucking toilet, all right? That's all. That's anyway. rude. <laughs> it is like if you're gonna be a poltergeist and like fuck shit up fine but don't fucking raise the cost of living i mean come don't, on yeah don't make my utilities out of insane thing and don't wreck my house don't make me like have to pay th- for things <laughs> we didn't need to set the television on fire that was dramatic like they i'm d- sorry if you didn't like what he was watching but i chill. mean honestly <laughs> so all right toilets are flushing Footsteps are heard on the stairs, drawers would open and close on their own, and then the radios would turn on even though they were unplugged. Rocking chairs would mysteriously rock and creak as if somebody was actually, you know, like sitting in in it. And then as time went on, they would smell sour and vile smells throughout the house. And on several occasions, Jack felt the touch of an unseen hand caress him. No thanks. (laughs) Don't touch me. (laughs) Can't touch this. All right, by now, by now they had had two more children, twins, Shannon and Karen, and the family was growing frustrated and fatigued by the increasing phenomena. They're like, we have four fucking kids. This shit's fucking up our house. We fucking can't. So 1985, what had started, you know, almost 10 years ago at this point as annoying disturbances now are frightening. Uh, The house is often ice cold. John and Mary would hear loud, abusive, obscene language coming from Jack and Janet's side of the house, although Jack and Janet weren't even arguing. In February 1985, Janet heard her name being called while in the basement doing laundry. And after searching for somebody in the house calling for her, she realized she had been alone the entire time. And then two days uh, later after that incident, icy cold was felt again in the house, but this time a black human shape form with no facial features appeared to Janet in the kitchen. And it dematerialized through the wall and appeared to Mary, the the mom, on the opposite Mm -hmm. side of the house. From that point on, the haunting activity increased in both frequency and magnitude. A ceiling fan crashed down inches from Shannon, nearly killing her, on the night um, that her now 13-year-old sister, Heather, was confirmed into the Catholic religion. Weird. As activity increased, Jack and Janet had on occasion levitated. On occasion, oh, just an occasional okay. levitation. Like the, occasion, right. and they say, make that sound so casual, too. <laughs> yeah, by the by, uh, sometimes they would just, like, float. It's fine. So Janet was violently pulled off of her bed after making love to her husband while he lay paralyzed, gagging from a foul odor. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> when, I read, when I read that and put that in my notes, I was Why like... Why is that included? How can, I, how can I not say this, but I have to say this? Also, are they sure the foul odor maybe wasn't something else going on? Like bodily in nature. Anyway. The the family's German shepherd, Simon, was repeatedly picked up and thrown. Leave the fucking dog. Leave the fucking dog out of it. The dog's suffering enough with a name like fucking Simon. Okay? Yeah, demons don't come after the animals. Come on, demons. If you're listening, just don't do that. Do better. Be better. Um, they would hear terrible, like, rapping and scratching noises uh, in the walls. 
And one night while sleeping, Shannon was tossed out of bed and down the stairs. Even uh, the neighbors weren't spared. Several would hear screams and strange noises coming from the house when the Smurls weren't even home. And most of the neighbors were sympathetic as the Smurls vowed to fight against this demon. So, in January 1986, Janet heard about none other than Ed and Lorraine Warren, our favorite, quote, researchers to fucking make fun of. So, so Ed and Janet are, are or not Ed and Janet, Ed and Lorraine are calling. <laughs> I don't know why I said Janet. Although skeptical but having nowhere else to turn, uh, Janet calls the Warrens. They arrive shortly thereafter, accompanied by Rosemary Freux, a registered nurse and psychic. <laughs> yes. Like you do. They began the investigation by quizzing the Smurls carefully about their religious beliefs, the happiness of their family life, whether they'd ever practiced Satanism, occultism, used a Ouija board, or in any way invited the supernatural into their home. And then as the Warrens and Freux, I don't know how else to say the name, it's F-R-U-E-H, Freux, Walked through the house, um, they identified the bedroom closet as the crossover point between the two sides of the duplex, and the team said they detected the presence of four evil spirits, three being minor, but the fourth a demon. <laughs> demon. <laughs> the demon classification. So, if it's just minor, it's just it's nothing. It's it's not anything. But if it's uh, but it's strong, it's a demon. <laughs> it's the demon, correct? Okay. <clears throat> Without any supposed evidence of family dysfunction, a cold invitation, or tragedy, the Warrens would only surmise that the demon must have been dormant, probably for decades, and then had arisen to draw on the emotional energy energy generated by the girl's entrance into puberty. Okay. Same. So the Warrens tried to provoke the demon to expose itself by playing tapes of religious music and confronting it with prayer, and the demon reacted violently by shaking a mirror and dresser uh, and moving drawers and yet another instance by spelling out, you filthy bastard, get out of this house. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and only holy water and prayer seem to stop these manifestations. So the situation as begins. It does. <laughs> well, like you do. The situation begins to turn more serious as Jack was raped by a scaly succubus posing as an old woman with a young body. <laughs> I. When I read that sentence, I sat and tried to think about it, and then I was like, this is too hard to think about. I'm going to leave it and move on. So Ed Warren then was choked and began to suffer from terrible flu-like symptoms, and then an incubus sexually assaulted Janet and pig noises, a sign of serious demonic infestation apparently, could be heard in the walls. <laughs> I don't know what to even I, don't even, I don't even know what to say about any of this. So, anyway. It makes anyway. me nervous. <laughs> I am nervous. The Smurls said they tried... That's from something. I can't remember what. The Smurls said they tried several times to obtain support and action from the church. And the Roman Catholic Diocese of Scranton said it would consult with experts, but official involvement would be unlikely. Scranton. (laughs) Scranton, Pennsylvania. At one point in time, Janet thought she was getting help from a priest named Father O'Leary, but discovered that no such priest actually existed. I tried looking into that more and I was like, I don't, I I got nothing. I have no idea how she thought this was happening, but whatever. Anyway. Hallucinations. um, Right. The Warrens bring in their buddy, um, Father McKenna. He's now, or at the time of researching this, he had since become Bishop McKenna. 
And he was a traditionalist priest who refused to abide by the changes in ritual mandated by the Second Vatican Council. So he said mass in Latin and had performed more than 50 exorcisms for the Warrens. By the by, this is nothing more than a business. The Warrens were probably paying him off to do this shit, but whatever. He conducted an ancient rite, which did nothing but infuriate the demon. Great. So Jack points to a wall where psychics say an earthbound spirit named Abigail was standing. And the haunting continued, and, the, and their daughter Karen fell seriously ill from a strange fever and nearly died. Dawn was supposedly almost raped by this evil presence. Janet and Mary had slash marks and bites on their arms, and everybody was depressed, Ugh. which, like, I mean... I mean, yeah. Yeah. Ed Warren explains that they were in the second demonic stage, oppression, which follows infestation and then is followed by possession and death. So we're halfway there. We're living on a prayer. So Bishop McKenna performs a second exorcism in late spring to no avail. The demon even accompanies the family on camping trips to the Poconos. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I love that because we went to the Poconos for my and i don't know why but while you were just talking i thought about remember that time we stayed in that sketchy house in the poconos and we're pretty sure it was haunted haunted ass airbnb i love it (laughs) the family knew they could not move to another house because the demon would just follow them so after repeated refusals by the church to help um the smurls decide okay we're gonna go on television so remaining anonymous behind us that's the next you know natural course of action here Remaining anonymous behind a screen, they're interviewed by a Richard Bay on local Philadelphia TV called People Are Talking, and the demon retaliates. It levitates Janet and hurls her against the wall. It later appears to um, to Jack as a monstrous creature resembling a pig on two legs, and a human hand came up through the mattress and grabbed Janet by the back of her neck, and again, Jack was supposedly raped. I don't know why this keeps happening to Jack, but... Poor Jack. I know. In August 1986, the Smurls felt the risk of ridicule did not outweigh the need to tell their story to a wider audience, so they're granted an interview to the Wilkes-Barre Sunday Independent newspaper. And almost immediately, their home becomes a tourist attraction (laughs) for the press. Of course it does. Of course. Curious onlookers and skeptics who want to come investigate themselves. Some skeptics, who included some of the Smurls' neighbors, said they believed the family was concocting the story to profit, and eventually from a book and movie contracts. So then the Smurls contact a medium, Mary Alice Rinkman, who examines the house and corroborates the Warrens' findings of four spirits. She didn't say if it was three minor and one demon, but regardless, there's four spirits. (laughs) She identifies one as an old woman named Abigail, and another as a dark, mustached man named Patrick, who had murdered his wife and her lover and had them hung. <laughs> then he'd been hung by his... a mob. <gasps> what a turn what? of events. What the fuck? And she couldn't identify the third, but the fourth, per her, was a powerful demon. So, press coverage finally pushes the Scranton Diocese into action, and they offer to take over the investigation. The Warrens had also planned a mass exorcism with several priests, um, prayer groups came to the house to give comfort. Bishop McKenna came a third time to exercise the house. And this time the ritual seemed to work because there were no disturbances for about three months. And then shortly before Christmas, 1986, Jack again sees the black form beckoning him to the third stage of possession. He clutches his rosary and prays, hoping that this would simply just be an isolated incident. And it was not the banging in the wall starts again. The putrid smells, the violent acts of aggression, frustrated, Tired and hopeless, the Smurls finally moved to another town. Shortly before the release of a book concerning their ordeal. Oh. The book is called The Haunted, and it went to press. 
The How church, original. Mm, the church performs a fourth exorcism in 1988, which finally seems to have given them peace. And a movie version of The Haunted was released in 1991. And that is the Smurl Poltergeist, a.k.a. Haunting. I think it's bullshit. I gotta be honest. Well, when what's-their-nuts names <laughs> are involved, I tend to... My, the Warrens? My skepticism, yeah. They, they, my skepticism goes up greatly. Yeah, they suck. Also, Lorraine um, has a terrible fashion sense. <laughs> Um, so. <laughs> uh, wow. Part of me, uh, I just kind of feel bad for Jack, all those. Uh, mm. I I gotta be honest, and like, this is not, please nobody take this because I, like, you know, rape is like, an, it's a very terrible, terrible thing. I like, I'm, I fully believe people, I don't believe this guy when he was like, I'm being raped by a, a succubus. I gotta be honest, like, uh, like for me, most of their story is hearsay. There wasn't actual, yeah. like, true there was no manifest evidence. No, and like none of this stuff manifested in such a other way than that, the like, TV they could... setting on fire. <laughs> other than the TV setting on fire, but who's to say that they didn't just set the TV on fire themselves? Like, I don't know. And who's to say w- what <clears throat> condition the TV was in? It... An electrical short. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. like I mean, I hate to be like this, but I just I don't think I buy like a single word of any of this. That's fair, you know. And I gotta be honest, it's very convenient to me that they move out just after they release a book on it, and then they shortly thereafter get a movie deal, and then everything stops. How and a convenient! Book deal and yeah, like it's and it just like a tourist attraction, and yeah, <laughs> you know, I just because of course this is <clears throat> so we're looking at the seventies and eighties now. So now we're getting the rise of like a lot of really popular like horror flicks and things like that and they're like oh well what if we come into this with like a true story in the small pennsylvania town and where these like religious i don't know you know what i mean it just all seems very um and not to say there's anything convenient about i was right about this poltergeist came out in 1982 okay so it's very strange to me that of course right not long after this they're at the peak of their poltergeist supposed activity they're getting all this shit i don't know like they're i mean we all know this. I straddle the lines regularly between skepticism and believing. I'm an open-minded <laughs> skeptic, but I don't buy an ounce of this shit. Like, there's some other stuff that I've covered on on the podcast over the years, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't even believe Here's for a, a second. that I, like, don't know that our listeners realize. Cassie is a really good bullshit spotter. This I she, am. <laughs> she sees through with a lot of things. So when she says she has this open mind, open skepticism... Or whatever it is, yeah. Like it's it's true though, because thank you. She just she, you can spot a bullshitter very quickly. I, can. I appreciate very that, and I enjoy it actually. Thank you. <laughs> so, I I mean, just like stepping back and looking at this, just like a lot of it seems bogus, and like I said, like almost all of this is just hearsay, aside from these supposed scratch and bite marks. And who's to say they weren't doing this to like themselves, themselves. or the, each other? Like I. Yeah. You know, people are fucked up. We've gone over this. And yeah. as I once said, everybody's a serial killer. And so. people will do some really screwed up shit to get some 15 minutes of fame. Big time. You know? And Yeah. Yeah. So. so that's, that's interesting. It's also interesting to me that like several times the, the diocese was like, no, we're not helping with this. Yeah. 
I don't know. So to me, I, I personally call bullshit, but I mean, are you kind of in the same boat there or what do you think? I am because I have, um, it doesn't feel authentic to me. No. Does that make sense? Yeah. And my intuition is telling me, and I have a strong ass intuition. We both know that. It feels like a story. It feels like, it feels like they're like, oh, this is becoming a very popular thing in the media. I bet we can do something to maybe get a little cash on the side. Yeah, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Warrens maybe planted that seed a little bit. Like, yeah. They were, like, known, like, profiteers off of this shit. I don't know. The whole thing to me is just very sketch but I had to cover it anyway because, like, some of this shit was just too wild. <laughs> was yeah, like... no. It, it was incredibly... <clears throat> I enjoyed it nonetheless. Thank you. It, yeah. Like, whether we believe it or not, I still enjoy hearing about these or researching them myself. That's, that's oh, yeah. where I'm at. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's what's great about our show is that we can have an open opinion about what we've researched is it true is yeah. it not true <laughs> did it happen did for, it not who was there for sure <laughs> yeah so um i don't know those are my thoughts on it. i'd be curious to hear you know what our listeners think feel free of course to read about it yourself and everybody of course is welcome to have their own opinion on it but for me case closed this is a bogus one yeah yeah i feel um, that. Yeah. wow well this was a fucking ride we started off with my brand new idol <laughs> and, then we, and then we ended here, and it was a ride in between. Um, so, I mean, I guess I just I don't have anything else. So, until next time. Oh, stay strange. <laughs> stay strange. <laughs>